Thursday Finance, thanks to our sponsors, Pritchard and Partners, and Brett Dean with us today. And, Brett, just before we take a look at currencies and commodities, um, the housing bubble, we hear again and again about prices going up and up and affordability getting worse and worse, Mm -hmm. and it all seems to be a bad thing. Is this the whole story? Yeah, there's an interesting uh, statistic out today, um, which is for the first quarter of this year, so for the three months till March, um, so mortgage lodgements uh, by first home buyers uh, rose to 10% in, uh, in that quarter. So, um, so it's up, um, it, it's made it to double digits. Um, it hadn't been that high since September of 2014. Hmm. Um, so it's quite interesting that, you know, obviously the, the headlines um, every day are talking about the, the housing bubble or housing affordability. Um, and it, it's sort of a statistic, I guess, that probably is against those headlines that saying that, uh, you know, first homeowners or applications uh, or lodgements for mortgages is actually is up um, for the start of this year. So it'll be interesting to see if that sort of trend continues. Um, there's been a, a decrease in um, investor loans and that sort of has been down a little bit for the last couple of quarters. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's some some tightening up in terms of lending to investors. So I guess that's that's probably not a surprise. Um yeah, so that was that was quite interesting to see that out um, out in today's media. So yeah, we need to get the balanced view, don't we? Yeah, that's right. Exactly right. Yeah. In the meantime, what's been happening with things like gold? We like the thought of gold. gold. Yeah, so uh, so gold's been flat this week. Um, it's at uh, one thousand seven hundred and six, and so basically the uh, the commodities this week have been uh, flat. Um, not too much change across the week. Um, so we're also looking at, uh, so uh, copper is at 7,326, which is down 1.5%, but uh, quite far across the week. Then currencies, um, again, not too much movement other than uh, the Great British Pound um, is at uh, 58, um, and so that's down 3%. The US dollar today is at 74.97, um, and the New Zealand dollar is $1.06, uh, which mm. is just down slightly on last week. So it sounds as though we should be travelling in our own country at this stage. <laughs> yeah, that's right, which I think uh, it, it has been a bit of a trend. People are travelling domestically at the moment rather than internationally. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, then we move on to indices. Yes. Um, so uh, the, the markets, um, the All Ordinaries is down um, on last week and sort of down over the, the past uh, month, actually. Um, the market's down today. It's 5,840, um, which is down 1.5% on last week. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a chat to Henry about that shortly. Um, the other international markets, um, looking at the... Uh, in the UK, the market's down 3% on, on the week. Uh, it's at 7,114. Um, and, yeah, so moving on to some specific stock prices. Yes. Uh, so BHP is at $23.92. Um, the CBA, the Commonwealth Bank, is at $84.62, which is down 2%. Um, NIB, um, which trades as NHF, is at $6.15 today, uh, which is flat, but up over the month. Um, looking at probably up sort of 4 or 5%. Um, Telstra is at $4.13 today, which is down quite considerably. Um, and there's some news uh, that's come out this week, um, and we'll chat to Henry about that as well. That's mm. one of our topics. Okay. Okay, so then fuel prices uh, in Newcastle, unleaded is at a dollar thirteen, uh, which is quite flat and has been for, for quite a few weeks, and in Sydney it's a dollar twenty six, uh, which is cheaper than it has been, which is interesting considering the time of year. 
Uh, <laughs> the school holidays. Uh, diesel in Newcastle is a dollar nineteen, and in Sydney a dollar twenty, which is flat on last week. Mm. Time for our market update. Over to you, Brett Dean. Uh, hi, um, Henry. How are you? I'm um, good, thanks, Brett. How are you? Good, Stephen's good. Sunning himself in far off climes, is he? Uh, yes, he is. He's uh, up at Salamander Bay for the for a week. <laughs> He's oh, enjoying Stephen. some time off. Yeah, um, so thanks for joining us. And uh, so the All Ordinary still hasn't made it back to 6,000 uh, points, but um, I guess we shouldn't lose sight of, of where it has come from over the, the... No, no, I was just looking at that. Actually, this morning when I wrote in the, the newsletter, I mean, when we were sort of uh, milling about back in November with Donald Trump just about to be uh, uh, voted in, we were sort of 5,100, and here we are. We did get to uh, 59.29, I think was the top, just before... Easter. Um, I have a, a bit of a theory about Easter that that's kind of the, the high of the market for the next little little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone gets um, everyone gets carried away in the first quarter, and then a bit of reality sets in as we head into the end of the financial year, the budget, um, and all those sorts of things. So yep. um, we hit five fifty nine twenty nine, mm-hmm. and currently yesterday we tried to go through fifty eight hundred. So we've we've come off a, a fair way since that uh, pre Easter high. Yep. Um, mainly with um, with uh, Telstra having some issues, the banks have come off, yep. um, and also the commodity rally has uh, has run out of steam mm. somewhat. So um, mm-hmm. it's it's all looked a little bit uh, less enthusiastic about Mr. Trump, yep. and there are some risks out there. So um, I think at the moment six thousand does feel um, a big hill to climb. Mm-hmm. Um, we you know we nearly got there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, talking about Mr. Trump, the U.S. market seems to be just uh, a bit flat at the moment? Yeah, it seems to be kind of treading water. The big hope, of course, in the U.S. market at the moment is reporting season, and those mm. earnings are going to be able to support these high valuations. Um, so far, it looks as if... Um, I have to say, I, the headlines see a bit of disappointment, but it does look as if things are sort of coming through just about OK enough to support this, um, this kind of high valuation they've got. But the risks are certainly building... Mm. Um, and the um, the big great hope that we had that uh, Mr. Trump was going to uh, put tax cuts through, be kind to Wall Street, lots of infrastructure spending, that does seem to be sort of being pushed further and further out, and mm. it does seem also to be predicated on the fact that he has to do something with Obamacare. Um, you know, it's all very well to say, and splash lots of cash, but the cash has got to come mm. from somewhere. Um, and the U.S. is actually facing one of their um, their debt ceiling discussions on the, um, I think it's the 28th of April. So um, that will get interesting as well. So just at the moment, it does feel a little bit toppy in the U.S., and it's hard to see how it's going to push ahead unless we get some um, some acceleration from Mr. Trump. Mm-hmm. So probably uh, we'll see just the markets probably a little bit flat for the for the next few months by the. Well, it's, it certainly it certainly looks that way. You know, mm. we st- in Australia we start to get a bit um, you know, tied up with uh, budgets and politics, and that's never particularly edifying or particularly good news for investors. And then by the time that happens, we're sort of into June, and people are starting to think about tax and how to rearrange stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it's kind of, it does tend to be a seasonally weak time. That sell in May and go away um, old adage does have yeah. some uh, root in uh, truth. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you may mention that so that the budget's coming up, the federal budget's coming up soon, and um, housing affordability is a topic that we could probably talk about for a long time. Um, mm. 
and uh, and you, do you have any thoughts on on uh, this stage that doesn't seem to be probably any any policy changes on it um, on improving it? Any thoughts on on how it can be addressed? No, I no. mean the, <laughs> the, the, the real problem is that uh, you know housing affordability has always been a struggle, um, but the real problem is that we've we've based the whole economy on the fact that our houses have become an, e- an ATM. Yeah. and that what they keep mm-hmm. going up and up and up and up forever. Mm. Um, I've said this before to Stephen in terms of house prices. You know, it's, it's, it's a very selective thing, and, and the people that trumpet uh, the house price boom tend to be the ones that do well out of a house price boom, yep. like uh, Fairfax and the, the media who are yeah. trying to sell advertising space for houses. Yep. Um, but, you know, when you look around at other properties uh, outside of those really hot areas, um, maybe they haven't gone up so much. And, and the house yep. prices never take into account how much money people spend on renovations, mm-hmm. um, which, yep. you know, is, is a hidden cost. You know, everyone says, yep. oh, it's fantastic. You know, this house sold, went lost, traded for three million bucks, and the guy yep. sold it for four and a half million bucks five years later. And then you think, well, that's and then it says after extensive renovations. You think, well, he's probably spent a million bucks on renovations. Yeah, that's right. So he's made half a million dollars in, you know, in five years. Yeah. Um, plus he's got clobbered with costs. So, yeah. you know, the headlines don't tell the whole story. Yep. Um, yep. You know, the way to really um, rein in housing affordability is to put interest rates up. Yep. Really simple. I yep. remember when interest rates were 17%. It was pretty easy to to um, to feel yeah. that pain then. Yeah, that's but, right. Uh, every, you know, everybody owns, you know, people that own houses don't want to see a price crash and people yep. that uh, have investment properties don't want to see a price crash. So yep. the balloon has to be deflated quite carefully yep. and that's pretty hard to do. But... Mm. Uh, Yeah, and I think your, your point's valid. You know, it's not all the areas that have had these significant gains. You know, some of the the rural areas haven't haven't seen the gains that the capital no. cities. And, and, and the problem, that, like, one of the biggest problems is that the government continues to tinker with superannuation mm. and change the rules. So nobody really knows where they stand or what's going to happen in five, ten, twenty years. But what true. people can look at is, hey, I can buy an investment property, and I can see it. It's tangible. I know the rules. Yep. And the government's not going to change the rules. Yep. But you can see the attraction in people buying uh, investment properties for their superannuation funds because yep. um, everything else is a movable feast. Every every year the government tinkers and plays with it and does something else with it. Um, so it's very hard. It's very complicated. You need you know, buying an investment property is really simple. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a simple way to do things, and, and you know that. And pe- people want it, want simple. They don't want to spend four hours every every month with their financial planner or whatever. Yep, yep. No, I'm sure they want to spend four hours with you, Brett, of course, <laughs> and Stephen. That's right. <laughs> but, yep. but generally, you know, it's expensive. So buying yes. an investment property is pretty easy. It's a pretty quick and dirty solution to, uh, yep. you know, a 25-year um, superannuation strategy. Yeah, that's very true. Yes, Henry, we, uh, as we touched on earlier, the um, the telcos, was a fair bit of movement in the last, in the last <laughs> oh, week. I think that's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so... Um, yeah, so Telstra obviously uh, share price was was hit hard because TPG came out and said that um, they're planning on entering into the uh, mobile phone market. 
Yeah, well, I mean, this was the big ruption last week in in the market. Um, to be fair, Telstra has been somewhat on the nose for a long time, mm. and they have been slipping. It, it's kind of a, a business. I, I've called it a sort of an aging gunfighter, and it's you know it's standing there, and all these young bucks come along and try and shoot them down in the street, and uh, you know to do nothing is kind of to die. Telstra has to kind of morph itself into something more than the the incumbent of the big behemoth of the, the, the telecoms industry. Mm. And the problem they've had, is, they have, is that they're being attacked at the moment by these young bucks on the uh, on the, the, the fixed line uh, broadband side of things through the NBN, and that, that does level the playing field. It's kind of a once-in-a-generational change. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be nice if it worked, of course, but that, oh, don't <laughs> on that. it's absolutely hopeless. Um, but um, what has happened is that uh, TPG have uh, now are going to take the fight to them in mobile data, which is um, one of their big uh, growth areas, and it's mm. a big driver of their business. They get huge sort of 40% margins on their mobile business. Um, and uh, TPG paid a lot of money for some new spectrum, and they're going to build the fourth mobile network in Australia. Now, um, I'm not sure if we need four for 25 million people, and, and mm. people have tried before and ended up uh, having to merge and, and, and do stuff, and, you know, the... the um, the guys at uh, Singtel and, and Optus and Vodafone know only too well how hard it has been to uh, to, to break into this market. TPG, of course, are very good, um, but Telstra do have a problem. The stock got whacked down to four bucks at one stage, mm-hmm. and we all started doing calculations about you know what could possibly support it. Yeah. Um, and you know you looked at dividend cuts, which are certainly a possibility down the track. Um, but you know at four bucks, they were yielding. Uh, Depending on your dividend assumptions, yeah, it was at six, seven percent still. So um, even with a you know twenty, twenty-five percent cut in dividend, so uh, it did look like a bit of a standout there. The stock has bounced back to four twenty, and we have seen um, action in other telco stocks as well. Vocus have had a, a big bounce. They had um, an eleven, uh, ten or eleven percent bounce yesterday. But having said that, they are down still twenty percent for the month. Mm. Um, and they had 11 straight days of, um, of falls. So yep. there's been some big shorts in this sector, some, some people very worried about the competitive landscape, and I have to say I, I tend to agree with them, um, but the shorts got punished yesterday in TPG and Vocus. But uh, yep. it, it's a sector that's going to take a little while to sort out, and I think uh, at the end of the day the consumer is going to be the winner as all these uh, telcos fight for our uh, increasing you know, business, and we'll see unlimited yep. data packages, um, lots more goodies thrown in, um, you know, bundling and all that sort of stuff. So I think ultimately we'll be the winners and the, and the telcos will, will struggle um, and competing against each other, yep. Telstra being one of them. Yeah, that's right. So I think um, TVG plan to really compete on price and offer a, a lower a lower price product. Um, yeah, I mean, they've always been kind of uh, a competitor that does go for price rather than anything else. But mm. And Telstra has been the premium provider and of course people are prepared to pay for that for certainty of service but we saw all those outages last year and earlier this year uh, really sort of hurting that image um, but you know I, I think ultimately it's going to be a, a, you know, 40 bucks will be your, your kind of your, your mobile package and uh, they'll just chuck in as much stuff as they can to make 40 bucks attractive yep. uh, rather than TPG which will probably be charging 15 bucks yep. um, and uh, for but for not so many bells and whistles. Yep, yep. All right, right very good. So moving on, so there's a, uh, a float coming up, uh, Bingo, the waste collection company. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great name, isn't it? Yeah, well, there's a, there's a few floats in the wind at the moment. This is... This is 
um, I guess one of the bigger ones we've had for a little while, Bingo yeah. it's called. Yep. So it's the waste management business. There has been some uh, questions, I guess, asked from institutions in terms of pricing, and they have mm. priced it at the bottom end of the range. So it'll be interesting to see how this one goes. Yep. Uh, the other one that I think the market's going to be quite interested in is um, uh, Zip, which is um, they make the, uh, the water systems mm-hmm. that a lot of people have in offices, you know, where you can get instant um, chilled cold water, yep. and, and you can get instant hot water as well. Um, so that's another interesting business that uh, is uh, set to come to the, um, the exchange as well. So it, yep. it's good to have some, some IPOs in the pipeline. It gives people some choice. Yep. Um, and IPOs have been um, quite a successful part of uh, the market for, uh, for, for certainly for 2016 and the early part of 2017. It's, you know, mm-hmm. There's been some very good returns in, uh, in IPOs. So uh, it's certainly worth having a look. Um, Instos tend to try and talk the price down of these things because they want to get them as cheap as possible. Yep. Um, and the company talks the price up because they want to try and raise as much money as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a battle, but at the moment it seems like the, uh, the Instos are winning with their valuations. But uh, then, of course, it's up to the market after that to see what, uh, what uh, they think. Yep, yep. All right, and then lastly, uh, James Packer is selling out of some of his investments. Um, the Rat Pack. <laughs> and uh, do you think he's just doing that to, to focus his attention? Or he's back on the board of um, Crown Resorts. Do you yeah. think he's just doing this to focus his attention back on Crown, or do you think there's maybe something else in the background at play? No, he's had a tough year, hasn't he? I yeah. mean, let's face it. I mean, you could kind of understand the, the rationale if you're going out with Mariah Carey <laughs> to having your own Hollywood studio. Um, and, of course, now that he's broken up with Mar- Mariah... Uh, it, it does feel like, um, okay, well, let's just go home and lick my wounds, both business-wise and personally. So I, I do yeah. feel a bit, bit sorry for Mr. Packer. It's, um, it, it has been a tough time. He's not had much fun with his uh, casinos in, uh, in Macau. Mm. Um, he's had problems with um, those uh, poor, unfortunate people being arrested in China, and that, mm-hmm. that seems to have gone very quiet. Mm. But obviously they're still in detention. Yep. So it's not been, not been much of a fun time. So maybe yep. he's just decided to take his bat and ball and, uh, and go yep. home and stop trying to mix it with the Hollywood set because it's not caused him much, much um, enjoyment. <laughs> yeah, th- there's been some comment that he could possibly be looking to uh, take uh, back over Crown Resorts um, and take it, delist it. Yeah, well, I, I have okay. to say, I, I, I was at Crown Resorts down in Melbourne, or Crown Casino in Melbourne the other week, mm-hmm. and it, it looks like Trump Tower. <laughs> it's, it's all gold and brown. It's quite, it's quite, it's, it's, it's an amazing, uh, huge place. Um, yep. It's, um, it's quite amazing and, and, and very popular. You know, they're, they're yep. very much pushing. Uh, certainly, the Melbourne one is a kind of a, a family destination. Yeah. Um, lots of kids' activities and stuff like that. Mum and Dad can go and lose the house on the pokies, <laughs> um, while the kids are having face painting with Jamie. <laughs> It's a great system. <laughs> maybe Mariah will pop in for a guest appearance or maybe they just play a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Henry, that's, that's it for this week. So thanks very much, cool. as always, for, for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, Brett. And we look forward to talking next week with Henry Jennings, Senior Commentator with the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter, next week on Thursday Finance. It's 18 to 1, and we'll slip into the 2NURFM.com events calendar. And coming up, uh, there is a giant garage sale happening, and it's all part of the Wanji 
or Dobell Festival of Art and Craft. Well, it's not part of it, but it's an, along the same time with it. Wanji Men's Shed is holding a giant garage sale. They're going to have bacon and egg breakfasts and sausage sizzles, and it's happening on Saturday the 29th of April, so Saturday week, 8.30 to 2.00. And the funds raised will help the men's shed to continue its community service. You can also drop items in. So find out more details from the 2NURFM.com events calendar or phone Neil on 4975 2NURFM, keeping you in touch with your community. Thanks to our sponsor, Elders Real Estate, Elder Street, Lambton. Choosing Elders is choosing success. Uh, we're talking about mortgages. Now, if you've got a home mortgage and it's on a variable rate, mm-hmm. is it actually worth uh, considering converting to a fixed rate? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. Um, and it really is It's an individual um, decision to make, and it's really looking at your own individual circumstances um, and uh, you know, looking at the factors that, that influence that decision um, before, you, before you make the uh, decision to do it. I mean, you know, uh, at the moment, there, there isn't, um, by some of the providers, um, there isn't a huge difference between uh, variable rate and fixed rate. And uh, it's, it's also worthwhile saying that you know, economists are divided at the moment in, in regards to what the next uh, rate movement will be. Um, and uh, you know, there's a lot of factors in terms of what, what will influence, influence the, the rate movement. Um, so the, obviously the RBA has some impact and then the, the banks... Um, as we've seen recently, have been moving interest rates uh, independent of, of the RBA, um, as we've seen some of the rates have increased recently by the banks um, or by all the institutions, not just the banks. Um, they're still pretty low, aren't they? They're still, yeah, we're, we're still seeing, um, you know, record lows and we have had low rates for, for quite some time. So, you know, it, it's a decision that's worthwhile looking at the, you know, looking at the factors now and, and making some um, decisions or considerations around um, whether to leave variable or fixed. Um, so that you know, if rates do start to, to to rise for some people, it's probably worthwhile considering or you know fixing rates to, to give some stability to um, to mortgage repayments or loan repayments. So, so essentially, that's the um, I guess the the main uh, consideration of why people will fix rates, and and that's to give them some some certainty and stability around what their repayments will be for a for a period of time. So, you know, you you can fix a rate. For different periods of time, um, so uh, the the that's the the main reason. And you know where rates will head because you know, the 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 risk is that you could fix your rate and rates go go lower. So you you're paying a higher rate than what would have been on offer otherwise. But um, you know as we said just then, uh, you know people will fix the rate to give them some certainty um, around their repayments. And for some people, that's what that's what they are they're, they're after. So that's um, the pluses of a fixed rate, I suppose, the minuses, as you say, if the rate happens to go lower. Yep. Uh, generally speaking, because they're so low, would, would it be expected that they do drop? Um, well, look, you know, it, 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 the, um, the um, inflation um, figures are out, um, I think it's next week, and, um, you know, from obviously the RBA will be looking to see what, what inflation's doing. Um, if... Uh, second uh, half of last year, so sorry, second quarter of last year, um, there was uh, low rates of inflation, which put um, the uh, the RBA moved, re- reduced rates, um, reduced the interest rate. 
And so looking probably now to see what, what, what it's doing, if there's some traction and, and we see an increase in inflation, then unlikely that rates will, the RBA will reduce rates. But that doesn't mean that the banks still won't operate independently, um, possibly in, in increase rates or, or possibly um, move them, which is less likely, but reduce them is less likely by the banks, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yep. So what's the difference in today's terms uh, between yep. a variable rate and a fixed rate? Yeah, so um, I've, I had a quick look at, um, so the Greater Bank, which are quite, um, I had a look at their rates, um, which are quite competitive in the market at the moment. And it's it's important to note that uh, different products, so each each financial institution offers different loans, um, and uh, you know, some of them come with um, additional services or, or bells and whistles, if you like. So it's... Uh, Bundled. <laughs> yep. yep. So there's, there's different... So each product, so when, when looking at um, different institutions and, um, and, the, and the rates, it's important to, to sort of compare comparable products, okay? So but just um, having a look at uh, one of the graders' um, products, uh, so their current variable rate on the great rate home loan is 3.89. Um, looking at their um, one-year two-year and three-year uh, fixed rate is actually 4.24% um, as compared to the variable rate of 3.89. Um, if you went up to a five-year fixed rate, it's 4.37. So, um, you know, so on a, on a um, say, on a $400,000 mortgage, I did a quick calculation before, it's around um, the difference between being with variable and on a fixed rate, it's around $2,500 a year in additional um Additional interest costs, so uh, that that's I guess what you could say is your, your insurance policy to um, have some certainty around uh, your repayment figures. You know, um, where if you're st- stuck with the variable, then you would, um, you know, be uncertain, I guess, of, of what could happen. Brett, um, we've talked about variable and fixed, and some of the yep. pluses and minuses. Can yep. you actually do a mixture? Yes, you can. Um, so, uh, you know, one one option is to split the um, the loan um, into two. Um, you could you know, possibly do it in fifty fifty. So half of your loan could be done uh, as a variable rate, and the other half is fixed. Um, so the other thing to mention is that you know it's not just um, home uh, owner occupier loans. You know, investment loans. Um, you can fix the rates there as well. No, that's good. So not just for your own personal yes. home, but yep. also. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and the other thing is, um, so before we touched on, you know, the, the some disadvantages of of um, fixing um, the rate, and we talked about that rates could actually go down. So you know, the fact is uh, that works against you, and you lo- lose the opportunity of, of of that reduction because you've fixed your rate. The other issue is that it's important to consider is that um, when fixing your rate, um, there are um, fees involved if you were to to break that um, early. So it's important to really look at um, what's what uh, what those fees will be, and that will vary between institutions and products. Um, so it's important to have a look at what that that penalty or that fee will be if you were to uh, to end that early. And an example of why that might happen would be if you were to sell the home, um, and uh, you would need to pay out pay out that mortgage is is an example of where uh, you would be subject to um, some fees at the end of or part way through so that's um, that's something else to 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 consider in terms of um, before locking in an interest rate so um, all of that information is available fairly readily available absolutely I mean you would first I mean first thing is to, to have a look um, around at what rates um, are available 
yep. bit of a tongue twist. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, talk to your existing um, institution. Um, they will uh, be more than happy to talk you through um, the options that are available and, uh, and tell you what they what those uh, what the rates on offer are and they would also be able to explain to you what um, you know what the fees involved are too so it's also important to look at uh, when, when looking around at what rates are available um, is, is looking at the comparative rate because that includes uh, the fees etc so sometimes you might see a rate published uh, which um, doesn't include that rate which and this is some institutions you'll always see the comparative rate um, often they'll comp- uh, quote both rates, um, the interest rate and the comparative rate. The comparative rate includes the other fees and charges involved in that product. So it's important to, so when you're looking around, if you, if you do look around, um, to, to look at the comparative rate. Um, and hmm. anything more to say on that then? Yeah, no, not, not really. They're the, they're the key points um, to, uh, to consider when, when looking at whether being variable or, or fixed. Fantastic. And that's Thursday Finance for today. And thank you very much, Brett Hall. And uh, we'll Thanks, look man. forward to talking finance again next Thursday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.